Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we covered the topic of paranychia found under the dermatology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 25-year-old woman presents to the nail clinic for a painful middle finger. She obtains regular manicures, changing colors every two weeks. She recently had one a week ago and started feeling pain near the nail on her left middle finger. Her current medications include isotretinoin for treatment of acne. Physical exam reveals an erythematous proximal nail fold of the middle finger. When applying pressure to the nail plate, some pus drains from the nail. She is prescribed frequent warm soaks with chlorhexidine and oral antibiotics. Let's continue with an introduction to paranychia. Clinically, this is defined as inflammation of the skin around the nail. An acute paranychia has a duration of less than six weeks and is caused by bacterial infection. Chronic paranychia has a duration of six weeks or more and is caused by chronic exposure to an irritant or allergen. In terms of the epidemiology, remember that this is very common. Risk factors for acute paranychia include nail biting, finger sucking, manicures, pedicures, and ingrown nails. Risk factors for chronic paranychia include occupations such as dishwasher, barber, and healthcare professionals. Risk factors for both include diabetes, immunosuppression, and drugs such as retinoids and antiretroviral therapy. In terms of the etiology, acute paranychia are often due to Staphylococcus aureus, gamma hemolytic streptococci, eicanella corrodens, group A beta-hemolytic streptococci, and candida. Chronic paranychia is due to repeated exposure to an environmental irritant, and it is a type of hand dermatitis, not a type of infection. In terms of the pathogenesis, for acute paranychia, there's an active infection following minor trauma to the nail bed or cuticles. For chronic paranychia, there's nail plate separation from the cuticle with inflammation. This can have subsequent yeast or bacterial colonization. Moving on to the presentation, the main symptom will be pain. On exam, one may note swelling and erythema of the proximal or lateral nail folds, and this will be tender to palpation. There may be retraction of the proximal nail fold. There may be pus under the nail fold. Patients may also have an abscess, and one can perform the digital pressure test. This is blanching the nail to look for demarcation of the abscess. For acute paranychia, this is typically involving a single digit. In chronic paranychia, there are typically several fingernails, most commonly the thumb, second, or third finger, and there may be thickening or discoloration of the nail. In terms of further studies, remember that diagnosis is usually based on clinical history and physical exam. With regards to the differential, make sure to think about trauma, herpetic whitlow, which will demonstrate a positive zinc smear, psoriasis, and a felon. Remember that this refers to an abscess of the pulp space. Treatment for this is incision and drainage and antibiotics. With regards to treatment, conservative options include warm soaks. This is indicated for symptomatic relief. Specific modalities may include aluminum acetate, vinegar, dilute povidone iodine, and chlorhexidine. Medical options include topical antibiotics. This is indicated for acute paranychia, for minimal erythema and no abscess, 
and it may be added to warm soaks. Specific drugs include gentamicin and mupiracin. Another option is oral antibiotics. This is indicated for persistent acute perinicia. Specific drugs include trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole and clindamycin. Another option is topical steroids. This is indicated for chronic perinicia. Specific drugs may include betamethasone. Operative options include incision and drainage. This is indicated if an abscess is present. Complications related to perinicia include permanent nail plate dystrophy. And lastly, with regards to prognosis, remember that acute perinicia typically is responsive to treatment. Chronic perinicia is responsive to treatment, though it responds very slowly. It will typically resolve in weeks or even months. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to perinicia, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 33-year-old man presents to the emergency department with a painful and inflamed finger. He states that he cut his finger at work as a plumber, and it has been getting progressively worse over the past few weeks. Physical exam is notable for a tender and fluctuant mass in the pulp space of his finger. Which of the following is the best initial step in management? And the answer choices are, choice one, acyclovir, choice two, arthrocentesis, choice three, incision and drainage, choice four, penicillin, or choice five, surgical debridement. The best answer to this question is, choice three, incision and drainage. This patient is presenting with a tender and fluctuant mass in the pulp space of his finger, suggesting a diagnosis of a felon, which should initially be managed with an incision and drainage. A felon is an infection of the pulp space that leads to increased pressure in the finger, which can cause ischemic necrosis of the surrounding tissue, as well as osteomyelitis, flexor tenosynovitis, and even septic arthritis of the distal interphalangeal joint if untreated. Patients typically present with pain and cellulitis in the volar pulp. Patients should be evaluated with the radiograph to search for a retained body and rule out osteomyelitis of the distal phalanx. The best initial step in management for a felon is incision and drainage, followed by antibiotics that cover for Staphylococcus aureus and Streptococcus pyogenes. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. A cyclovir is appropriate treatment of herpetic whitlow, which presents with painful vesicles on the hands, which can become superinfected. Choice 2. Arthrocentesis is the best initial step in management of septic arthritis, which presents with a hot and inflamed joint in the setting of an elevated ESR and CRP. Septic arthritis is a potential complication of a felon. Choice 4. Penicillin is insufficient antibiotic coverage for this patient. Though antibiotics would be indicated at some point during this patient's care, coverage for Staphylococcus aureus or MRSA is necessary and can include agents such as cephalexin or vancomycin. Choice 5. Surgical debridement may be necessary after initial management with an incision and drainage and antibiotic therapy. Finally, a bullet summary. The best initial step in management for a felon is incision and drainage followed by antibiotics. That's all for this review about perinicia. We hope that was helpful.
This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast.